Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, and welcome everybody. Uh, this is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number, what, 67? Dang, hard to believe. You know, when we first started this, uh, this is probably about 66 podcasts more than I expected uh, us to have. So yeah, we're, yeah, and we're so glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. So if you have a globe and you're somewhere out there in that internet universe go ahead and spin it around put your finger down hopefully that you've got in texas at southeast side is houston southwest side of that is sugarland and that is where we are this is man up a spiritual oasis for men we're not pastors we're just regular guys we're trying to just enrich our own lives with this spiritual journey that we are on and what we have is a man up Men Only Adult Bible Fellowship on Sunday, where we get together and go through a lesson. And then on Wednesday, which is today that we're recording this Man Up podcast, we come here and we discuss the lesson. And you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, also Facebook. And if you have a question, man-up Facebook, go ahead and put that question there. And we'll go ahead and uh, we'll either, well, we'll answer it, but make it clear or muddy the water for you so <clears throat> we have a we have a great panel here today and uh <clears throat> i'll go around and i will uh introduce them real quick um but also um <clears throat> then i'll go ahead and let them give a summary of the lesson because hey this is a this is a men's men's class and so if you listen to the first few minutes of it, you know, you'll, you'll certainly get the hang of it because that's what we want to do. Um, first of all, we have Mr. Steve Titch. He's a policy writer and also a professional gambler. And next to him, Mr. Kerry Cooley stopped in. He, uh, awesome, an awesome guy, uh, a uh, computer genius uh, from what I know. So. Uh, welcome, Kerry. And, of course, we have an attorney. He is a prosecutor. We call him the judge. Uh, he can defend you or throw the book at you. That's uh, Mr. Michael Cropper, and he's here. <clears throat> Our class deacon, Mr. Pink, and he's representing uh, in pink. <laughs> Kyle Trahan is he here got, as well. He got a haircut, too. <laughs> oh, and a haircut. And, hey, if you want to see what we look like, you can look in our SoundCloud or our Facebook page has pictures. And... Uh, Kyle's haircut is very fresh tonight. And he is a corporate trainer. <clears throat> we call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here as well. And we are in, this is the last lesson of Connect 360, Character in the Crown. And I want to go ahead and introduce the fellows, but I've also asked the judge to go ahead and to give us a summary because since this is the last lesson, this has been a study of Samuel, but we kind of want to get an idea of where we've been. So uh, I'll go ahead and I'll uh, turn it over to the judge to go ahead and uh, give us a summary of, of where we're at. Okay. Uh, right now we're presently 
about to finish up with the uh, the last of Saul's life. The uh, the summary that Bill is referring to, folks, uh, the book has been about Samuel and how important he was to the children of Israel as being both a judge and a prophet for them uh, and serving the Lord with all his heart and leading the people of Israel back to God himself. Um, he also appoints the first king, who is King Saul, who we covered in the last few lessons. Uh, king Saul uh, starts out to serve God, but somehow or another his self gets in the way, which sometimes I guess, folks, we have to be careful that we don't let our own desires get in front of us in putting the Lord first in our lives. But Saul uh, chases his own desires sometimes and does not turn his life over completely to the Lord in the remaining of the time he is king of, over Israel. So God takes the kingdom from him and appoints a new king by son of Jesse named David. And all of you are familiar, I'm sure, with both King Saul and King David. Now, our last lesson does not deal with David becoming king, but it does deal with the ending of Saul's reign as king. And uh, the next to last lesson, which we covered last week, uh, let's go back three lessons before, we know that Saul has been trying to kill David. And... Uh, David goes into a cave and hides. He's been running from him. And Saul comes into the cave. And then David is in that cave. And David uh, spares Saul's life. God actually delivers him into David's hands. Then David himself goes out and presents a part of Saul's robe to, to, Saul, uh, robe to Saul. And uh, he presents himself to Saul. And Saul recognizes it that God, in fact, has presented David to him and spared his life. Then the next lesson we look at, which is last week, and we got into a lot of men's uh, self-control and testosterone and everything else we talked about, and that's uh, the controlling our, our anger. And this is Abigail and Nabal, and this is where King uh, David, who is a king babe, uh, confronts uh, Nabal and his uh, property and asks him for some food, and Nabal insults him and turns him Away. And Abigail, his wife, was a very godly, very godly woman, comes and seeks David's favor and brings him the food that he had asked for uh, during this period of time. And then, of course, the last lesson we'll be talking about today. So that takes us up to the last lesson, folks, which we were on now. Yeah, and you, you know, the thing about it is, uh, and I'm going to get the uh, summary of the lesson from each of the fellows here, but I just want to throw in something real quick. It just, because this whole story of Samuel, are, are, you don't realize, and the, as far as the application goes, what spoke you are in the wheel. And he was very much a part of each of these stories. And whether it was the lead, whether it was a supporting uh, character in it, but very much so. And this overarching study. So, and with that, go ahead and uh, uh, introduce uh, Robert Koshu, professor. Yeah, this is really it's the final statement. As much as the story in First Samuel is about Samuel and then David, First Samuel is really about Saul, and it's really a tragedy. Yeah. And this is, in my mind the end of the tragedy, how far he really does fall. And we see that here. And not only do we see the re fall, but we see the result, the end result of all of his decisions he's made 
through the years right. as he's come down. Right. Steve Titch. Yes, I'm, I'm glad um, Mike went back to the story of David and Saul at the cave. Perhaps if Saul in Saul comes to terms with David being his successor at that point, but had he resigned or turned the kingdom over at that point, it may have had a different ending. Uh, he continues to lead, and <coughs> like yeah, like Robert's saying, this is he's the tragic hero, a Shakespearean figure, probably undone most by his insecurity. Right. All right from the start, we see him hiding rather than really taking this opportunity and very unsure of himself and then goes on to make bad decision after bad decision uh, turning away from the Lord, actively turning away from the Lord until the Lord is there no longer. It's, it's, uh, and uh, here we see um, finally Samuel in a... In a <laughs> He breaks his own rules. He breaks the law of the land. He, the law of the land, the law of God is do, we do not consort with mediums. We do not uh, go, you know, we do not, we do not talk to the dead or conjure the dead. Now let's, uh, I'll add here, not to get too caught up in the story of, you know, are we, are we, is this a ghost story or something? Because he does invoke the ghost of Samuel. I think for, first and foremost is, Samuel is now Absol is now breaking, breaking, breaking God's law, in this effort to right. to right. salvage himself. He's he just has sees no other course, and I, I, it's it's Nixonian almost. I'm going, you know, I'm, Nixonian. I'm <laughs> the, poli the policy writer drops it, and you know for for those, uh, it's he's uh, so there we are, and, and so figure. yes, Absolutely. he's. He, he, right up to the end, he's making bad decisions, and um, he pays the ultimate price. Right. Carrie Cooley. Um, for me, the lesson, my, my takeaway from the lesson is about the results of a, uh, of a uh, character in conflict. Um, you know, he's, I, I, I honestly believe he fully understands that Samuel is a man of God, I full, and I at least part of him understands that God has turned against him and anointed David. His problem is he can't really accept that right and, right, and right, move right. on. And so what you have is he goes back and forth between trying to change it and trying to accept it, change it, accept it. And it's really in, throughout his whole first Samuel um, and that that conflict has to be resolved one way or another. And if it's got to be resolved, and if it's not resolved in favor of serving God, it will eventually lead to your destruction. And that's kind of my takeaway from life, that when I'm faced with those situations, I have that's what I have to deal with. Right, right. And, so. and see, that's the thing about it. You don't really see the character of a man in the small uh, decisions. Right. Because it doesn't really matter. I mean, <coughs> you, you can correct that with the next decision. It's these big ones that will put a layer of failure on a man. And I'm talking, I'm not talking just a, a, a little stain. I'm talking a layer of failure. And I think Saul, 
uh, my personal layer upon layer of failure is on him, and this is one last hail mary. I mean, I don't care if I'm breaking the rules. I need to know. And so, so what if it's one more failure? He's he's down by thirty with a minute to go. Well, I think, <laughs> you know, I think the interesting thing about your statement of the little ones don't matter much, but the little ones are the practice for the big one. Oh, okay. It's and, the it's the cumulative yeah. effect on Saul. I think it's the cumulative effect. Absolutely, that's what I exactly. That's, that's what I mean. Cumulative effect right. that he and, had as he's gone through. And, and right at the end of the day, it's about being hot or cold and not lukewarm. Because right, you yeah. will get spit out. Right. Kyle Trahan, your summary, and then we'll go ahead and uh, I'll actually read the scripture, uh, and then uh, we'll continue on with the discussion. You know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Steve said something that uh, just made me think in a different direction, that, you know, through this whole last part, I've been, you know, wondering if Saul had changed at one point, turned back to God in a way that pleased God, would he have been spared? You know, and obviously through the story, he didn't, and that's not what happened. You know, but it gets me to that point, are you ever too far gone for you to turn back? You know? What do you mean by turn back? <clears throat> to, to go back to God. To repent. To repent. Great way of saying it. Yes, thank you. Right. From, no, from the attorney. That's what you were asking. From, from the attorney. Right. You know, right. Good, the proper wording. Uh, you know, but if he, if Saul had spouted out, it was uh, the way your uh, wording was going, was had he stepped out of the picture and let David take over, would that have regained God's grace by Saul demonstrating he finally got it? that he had gotten out of God's graces and he just needs to step out would have changed the outcome. You know, um, and just my other point there was, you know, Saul went to his desperate place, <clears throat> broke one of his own rules, and, you know, I think the point of that is we don't always hear from God right when we want to hear from God. We can ask, we can pray, we can listen, but he doesn't always answer when we want him to. Right. And Saul had just finally given up. Right, right, right. Read on. And you know, the, that's the interesting part about Man Up, the Man Up podcast and what is different. You've heard the opinions of each of the guys on the panel, and now we're going to read the scripture, and then you'll be able to pick out little things that each of the guys said. So we are in 1 Samuel 28, number 3 through 20. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah. Saul had expelled the mediums and spiritualists from the land. The Philistines assembled and came up uh, and set up camp at Shunem, while Saul gathered all the Israelites and set up camp at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, Find me a woman who is a medium, so I may go and inquire of her. There is one in Endor, they said. So Saul disguised himself, putting on others' clothes, and at night he and two men went to the woman. 
consult a spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me the one I name. But the woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off the mediums and spiritualists from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? Saul swore by to her by the Lord, As surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. When the woman saw Samuel, <clears throat> she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a spirit coming up out of the ground. What does he look like? An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself and with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Paul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophet or by dreams. So I called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, Why do you consult me now that the Lord has turned away from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David, because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites. And the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will hand over both Israel and you to the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also hand over the army of Israel to the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone, for he had eaten nothing all that day and night. 1 Samuel 3, 31, 1-6 Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell slain on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines pressed hard after Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons, Jonathan, Abinadad, and Malkishua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him critically. Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellow will come and run me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When the armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul and his three sons and his armor-bearer and all his men died together that same day. You know, one thing that really struck me, I didn't realize how much Saul was pleading with Samuel from that. He was begging, absolutely begging. He's well we put Nixonian. I, I love that reference. That is. Yeah. That is um, he, he had fallen to the end. He, he had pretty much cast all the medians out, all the spiritualists out, and now here he is going and consulting. You know, he's going against the, his own law. The woman finally figures out who he is and says, Oh, no. And right. he's kind of like, I'm not going to harm you. I need to talk to Samuel. And that also says, at least to me, that Saul had totally lost his connection. It goes back to when we talked 
and he went to Samuel and he said, when Samuel got mad at him, because he didn't destroy, I think it was the Amalekites. The Amalekites. Yeah, it comes up yeah, again. Right. boy, it does right. it. it <laughs> I know the story, yeah. And that was one of the first battles that yeah. he had, and too. Absolutely. But, and it absolutely. goes back to that when him and Samuel argued and fought. Okay. And he looked at Samuel and he said, Come and sacrifice for your God. Not my God. Not the God of Israel. Not Yahweh. Not Jehovah. Not one of the other common names, Elohim that was used by the Israelites for God, but come and sacrifice to your God for me. To where Saul literally has lost the complete connection that he had at one point. And so he feels like this is the only way he can get something back. You know, and it's just, it's a, it's a real cry of desperation at this point. Well, right it, it's worth talking about this. Is, at, at what point are you, are you f- so far gone that you're, there's no turning back? And uh, there is. You tell yourself you're so far gone you can't come back. When you, can you repeat that? Yeah. <laughs> it's when, when you tell yourself. When you tell yourself. And, and, and mm-hmm. I'm going to ask if Carrie wouldn't mind chiming in on this. It's when it, it's. I think my opinion is, and I do have a background in psychology, that when you tell yourself. Oh, don't look at me like that. that you can't. You well, I'm not looking at you. I was not looking at you. But but it but it's yeah, when you, but it, it is it is when you tell yourself that the, yeah. that you've gone too far to go back. Okay. Yeah. I I think God's forgiveness is infinite. <clears throat> I do too. But I I do think that man can come to a point where we say. But here's I'm done. here's the tricky thing, and it's addressed somewhat. In the lesson, and it's and it's not time for Sunday school lessons. Saul cries out to God. Saul starts looking for God. You know all the ways he's supposed to. The the he consults prophets. He, you know the unum, the urum, uh, the dreams. The Lord doesn't answer him. Now is that what's the takeaway here? Well, I, I see there, like before, he doesn't repent. He didn't say, God, I'm sorry, I screwed mm-hmm. up. Please mm-hmm. hear me. Please hear me. I'll turn from whatever you want me to do. I'll start over again. He never did that before with, when he offered the sacrifice with Samuel. He went and offered the sacrifice that only Samuel could offer as a judge mm-hmm. and a Levite to God. And didn't say, I'm sorry, Lord, when Samuel told him, you've sinned, you have walked mm-hmm. on God's right. sacrifice, you have been impatient. He didn't say, I'm sorry, God, would mm-hmm. you forgive me? He says, pray to God for me. Pray to God for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So here, he, once again, okay, so he, he says can... he seeks the prophet, <laughs> and he seeks dreams. Mm-hmm. It never mm-hmm. says, he goes to God and falls on face and says, God, you're mm-hmm. the only one that can... Turn me back or give me grace and yeah. He does not come with a contrite heart. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Carrie? God had already answered him. He said, David's going to be king. He just didn't like the answer. And so he keeps he keeps begging and begging and begging for an answer that includes him still being king. And there's not an answer where he's there's not an answer where he's gonna be king. So now you know what we Carrie. brought Carrie. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go one. I'm gonna go a That's little theological on it too. I also think that there is an Old Testament, New Testament difference at this point. After Jesus comes and His sacrifice, the Holy Spirit is free and available to all. Up until Jesus came, the Holy Spirit would come on certain men for periods of time. Oh, so I think there's a little. I think there's a little bit of that involved here too. 
Let's go ahead and chew on that. We are getting ready for a break. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 67. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome everybody, this is Man Up, podcast number 67. So glad you are here. You probably found us either on iTunes, we have all of our uh, shows, podcasts, archived on SoundCloud. You can also get a hold of us on Man Up, Man Dash Up Facebook page. We're a spiritual oasis for men, not pastors, we're just regular guys trying to go on this spiritual journey and investigate and talk about the stories from all different types of points of view. And that's why we have this collection of great guys here. And where is here? We're in Sugarland Baptist Church, which is in Sugarland, Texas. And we have a study that we go through, and we're in the Connect 360. This is our last lesson in Samuel that we are talking about and this is a sad ending and we're talking about Saul and our panelists here once again he's a corporate trainer Robert Koshu our deacon Kyle Trahan is here the judge Michael Cropper Kerry Cooley he is a I, I just call you an IT genius uh, is that kind of what you are good guy anyway <laughs> and uh, of course Steve Titch policy writer and the gambler so Right before we went to break, and this always happens as we are counting down, counting the minutes down, Koshu, the professor, throws out this massive meatball that everybody wants to take a swing at, kind of like the, the pinata that could make you famous, and we had to go to break. So, uh, And with that, go ahead and reset that up, so if you we, will. So we were talking about Samuel going and doing his thing where he goes to the median and we have Saul, this, Saul, Saul, went Saul to the median right, to bring up to Samuel, Samuel up. That's where right. Sorry about that. Right. Um, and we had a couple of different things thrown out and I said that one of the other things I think involved here is is Mike and Carrie both addressed had Saul really come with a contrite heart or asked for forgiveness. Carrie threw out there also that, you know The God answer was already God, there. God didn't get right. him the answer. He just didn't like it. And then I said, and then also I think there is a little bit of New Testament, Old Testament going on here. In right, the sense that the right. Old Testament, prior to Jesus' death and sacrifice, making the Holy Spirit free, available to all, that there was a certain dispensation of the Spirit that would come upon certain men at certain times. Uh, hold on a second. 
your you dispensation. Go ahead and I mean, go ahead. Yeah, explain that. that explain that, that, that a little bit about that. The, in the old in the Old Testament, and and you see it in the book of Malachi, the very last book of the Bible. It talks about that the spirit of man, or at the first of Genesis, Matthew. It talks about that the spirit of God had not appeared for over three hundred years until John the Baptist shows up. Basically, there was no prophet. So during that time. In the Old Testament, instead of the Spirit always being available like it is now through Jesus Christ, it actually would only come on certain men at certain times. So, for example, Saul prophesied at one point. He went with the prophets after he was anointed and did all that. But then he couldn't anymore because, and it even specifically says, the Spirit spirit had left Saul. Right. And so I think that's another, I think that, I think, both of you guys are right. I think Mike's right. He didn't come and beg forgiveness to start with. He's just like, whatever, I need help. Carrie, Carrie's right, too. I think God gave him the answer. He said, look, dude, I've left you, and David's going to be king because you couldn't follow my orders. So, And he just didn't like it. But I think also there is that the Holy Spirit has left Saul at this point. And why are you still trying to be king? Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this yeah. is the whole key with what Terry brought up. But now, interesting, real quick, where is the Spirit of God now? It's not with Samuel, because he's deceased. Right. Where is it? I think it's with David. It's with David. And where I is think, David? I think it's with David. David's actually with the Philistines at this point. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to wear this. David yeah. is only living okay, in the land so of the Philistines. Bill, Bill read right. 1 Samuel 28. And yes. skip to 31. Yes. In 29 and 30, Saul and David run into each other again. The right. second time that we actually studied in our Six Battles Every Man Must Win section. Uh-huh. And then he went to live with the Philistines because he was like, Saul's going to kill me. That's right. And, you know, right. I'm going to go live with the Philistines now. And he gets faithful <clears throat> with King Achish, who is leading yeah. the Philistines right now against Saul. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go out and fight Saul with his men. Yeah. But H.E.'s army leaders send him back to Ziklag. He'd given him the city of yeah. Ziklag, right, town of Ziklag. And so David is gone. So the Spirit of God isn't anywhere mm-hmm. around. Samuel yeah. not, does not have it. He's left Saul. Mm-hmm. And David has it. And he had favor even with H.E.'s, mm-hmm. yeah. with right. the Philistines. It it's actually it's rather, rather reflects the whole situation because I think the Philistines now, this last battle is a consequence of... Saul's own rule, his whole, his whole oh, legacy just crumbling, and the enemies around him sense the power vacuum. Uh, they know he doesn't have the full support. Uh, whether or not they believe in <coughs> God or not doesn't matter. They see, they see division. They, they see, see a weak leader. And and, you know, and yes, well there you are. And <coughs> so they're they're moving in. And as it goes back to what's saying, had had David been in charge now? Maybe, maybe Saul and his sons would survive this. Right. David yeah, had promised right. I, I had promised not right. to kill them, uh, and yeah. Saul gave lip service to it, unfortunately, and uh, went back and and again, kind of went back on his agreement with David and started hunting him again, and <clears throat> so yeah, we're here, we're here where he is just. If, and I think I think you have a good way of looking at it, Robert. In that, you know, the spirit isn't there. Sam, yeah. Samuel is told him as much, and it's because maybe Saul stopped really looking for it. 
Their answers. Carrie and Mike's answers. And then I think also distinguishing the difference between the Spirit of God being on you to be the leader and still just serving God as a regular person. Because, you know, most people. Most there's still plenty can, to do. There's still plenty to do. I mean, yeah, you got to serve. I mean, David was if David if Saul had um, stepped down and let David be king, he would have still had probably a lot of things he could have done to help mm-hmm. David, knowledge-wise. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. just the mentor. You know, just yeah. because you're not the head doesn't mean you still can't be right. the teacher. Right. So, so yeah, and that's what some, sometimes we. I think, <clears throat> Personally, I mean, we get a little confused when we start talking about the Spirit of God being just because it's the leader, and it's not. Mm-hmm. You can still be serving God. You know right. what I'm saying? Mike, yeah. you said, uh, you know, why are you still trying to be king? You know, referring <laughs> to Saul. But, you know, it's really easy to say that. But if you're there, and you've built this empire, so to speak. I mean, God put it there, but at this point, Man, I'm the king. You were the first one. I'm the first one. I did all this at this point. If the hand of God has left him, you know that's all going on. Well, he's not going to stop trying to be king until it's taken from him. See, in most cases, it's easy to stop something because it just stops. See, for him, it doesn't stop until he's dead. You know, But it was never ripped from his hands. So... Well, I'm going to keep on going because, hey, in his mind, there's always still hope. So he's still uh, okay. crying to God, hey, yeah. give that back to me, like you yeah. said. Yeah. And God's already answered. You know, So to well, me, it was very easy for him to continue to be king. Because why, he would, he, know why would he else, stop? Maybe. Why would he stop? Yeah. Hey, every other king just gets killed or dies. Well, and... <clears throat> and Saul's fear, why did he want his armor bearer to run him through? What was the whole point? Well, he was resisted by that. Yeah, I mean, the leader was resisted. His body was going to get desecrated, which yeah. it was. Oh, Boy, yeah. that, and that's and, what I was going to say. And, if, and, and They cut his head off and threw it in one of his mm-hmm. temples, and they yeah. stripped his armor. In, no, they any cut his head of off, torture and they fastened him to the wall. And then hung him over the wall. And, yeah, the Israelites had to actually mount an expedition to go recover his body. Yeah, that was pretty standard treatment, though. For, yeah. For well, the yeah, king he just but if, oh, yeah. especially so if you're taken alive. Yeah. Taken alive, they're just going to torture you, play with you, do whatever, and yeah. then they're going to do all that other stuff yeah. that they did do already. You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would be looking at it about the same way. You know. You know, but the man. Then again, you know, what would you do if you're faced with it in Korea or Vietnam? You know. Yeah. You're you're surrounded and about to be taken. Do you just whack yourself, or do you? It depends take on whether your you're a foot soldier or whether you're the general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the that's the responsibility issue. But you know, in one way, I'd like to go in a little bit of the man applications of the uh, of not not only this lesson but this whole study. And it, I mean, you know, you think about it. Um, when we started this study, we were we were first talking about uh, Hannah. So Samuel hadn't even been conceived yet, and then we we go through the study of Samuel and his life, and we he was with Eli, and then uh, anointing Saul, and then him being the Lord's prophet all those years 
And then having to be the one to tell Saul, no, he has left you. And and then to have this death, and then then to be called up, have his spirit called up. I, I, I mean, he wasn't happy about, about that either. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's still getting the same age. Is that kind of yeah. when I was alive? And I'm telling you what he did. <laughs> and, and this, is, and this <laughs> really is final. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think this goes back to, and, and it's something that I've said from the beginning about John Maxwell talked about the law of the lid and how leaders have a certain lid that they can either decide to overcome or they can give into and let it go. And this entire study has really been about how leaders can let themselves get trapped and tricked. Eli, he let his sons turn the temple into a racket, basically. Samuel comes along and takes over. His sons don't do much better at it. But the only thing we figured out is they may not have been seducing the women at the temple gate because it wasn't specifically mentioned. But they pretty much (laughs) did everything else. They They at least took bribes. Samuel loses it, turns it over to Saul, who by all intents and purposes was from a wealthy tribe. Tall guy, muscular warrior, had some success, prophesied before God, could never really get it together, didn't understand his own limitations. And he falls down so then Samuel goes and anoints David. And it, as much as we like, David is one of my favorite Bible characters because David is the man who's after, who is after God's own heart. But also, um, yeah, does that whole thing with Bathsheba and Uriah at the same time. Well, that, but he's also over there lying yeah. to the Philistine guy, yeah. telling him he's killing all the Israelites. And yeah. He's but he's it, really killing his own people. He's it, like it's deceitful to the that, core. So yeah. he learns, but not really either. And I think it, it, it really goes back to our to the study we're going to start next week, that that's really what we're, we're really all called to do, that none of us, no matter how good we're set up, we can't ever succeed without God. And knowing that from the beginning. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up. So we're going to go down a, uh, do a little housekeeping here real quick. And then I'm going to ask for the fellow's summary, not only on this lesson, but on this whole study itself. And what I'm going to talk about for the next couple of moments is the Connect 360. Yes. Is what I said. That makes it a tragedy. Uh, Rescue and Redemption is the next Connect 360 that we're going to be studying. The, you know, and I just want to throw this out for the fellows here. I like it how they change it up. Whereas we were in, we studied the whole book of 1 Samuel. Whereas this has a theme and it has many different uh Focal verses. Yeah, we jump. So it, we jump all over. So and so this is going to be a really good study. We're going to be starting that next week. And with that, I want to uh, just go around uh, our last few minutes to get a summary from the fellows, uh, not only on this particular lesson about the sad ending of Saul, but also this whole study. And I just want to throw out here. Uh, as far as my own summary on, on this particular lesson, 
this is all that Saul had. It was his last desperation. Very typical of, of the man experience that we have today. You didn't develop your life outside of your job or your occupation or your profession. You may be great at doing buggy whips and they're all, all the factories are closing around you and yet you're still looking for one more place where you can be the master buggy whip maker. You know, and that's the kind of thing that I get from Saul. Just absolutely desperate to remain, to 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 keep what's what remnant of status that he that he once enjoyed. And also the whole study, like I alluded to before, it's amazing the spoke where everybody is in the story on the. The tragic figure Saul still has a prominent role in David and, and how David uh, manages and rules. And so that's part of where his spoke. So, and with that, go ahead and uh, Michael Cropper, your uh, summary, go ahead and just your overall viewpoint on not only the this last, but but the whole study itself. All right, Bill. Uh, and the last to study, first of all, I, I, I mentioned every time we get together here, I love the book of Samuel and, uh, and everything it represents. It's very colorful. Samuel is just a great man of God during his lifetime. He brought the people of Israel back to the Lord, showed them the right direction to go. Uh, but, you know, even the man of God, as, as Bill and Robert has already mentioned, even the greatest men of God still have their weaknesses, and his sons do not absolutely turn out to be the greatest replacement for him when he steps down from the priesthood. Uh, in fact, they accept bribes and do some of the things that Eli's sons did, which cost Eli his life. Now, a couple other things. Um, this in, Going to today's story, the author of our last lesson here mentions what we talked about heavily. Carrie, myself, Robert, everyone uh, mentioned um, if in fact, and I want to give my opinion here, if in fact Saul had repented at the very last, number one, would God have answered him and spoke to him? Okay? And my, my personal belief is that yes, he would have answered it. Would he have helped him? The second question, again, these are by the, uh, uh, the author of our lesson, also by the men in here in this class that have brought it up and we've talked about it and tossed around. Would God have helped Saul at the last moment? I do not believe so. I think Kerry was absolutely right. He received his answer. You're not king anymore. Don't try to be king. Stop. And, of course, Kyle mentioned one very, very strong fact that we all face as many stay, and that's simply, do you know when to quit? Do you know when to stop? And Saul did not know when to quit or stop. He carried on till his life was taken. Did you see how my the the attorney structured those questions? <laughs> he's gonna nice. he's gonna convict him and throw him in jail right yeah. there, man. So Very it, nice, no, Mike. Worry about let the cross examination. Well, thank you, thank no you. Doubt. Let, let me end up with something with a positive point, folks. Y'all have heard the tragic story that we've just read about, and 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 if you've read Samuel, you've seen this story. There is one positive note to it that I'd like to throw out here. We don't see it in our scriptures here. But Saul, in fact, kills himself, and his sons are killed by the Philistines. 
they are beheaded, I think, and taken to a Philistine city and hung on the wall to shame Correct. them and humiliate them. Well, the members of the men of the city of Kirath Jerem travel overnight. They hear about it and they travel overnight and bravely go up to the walls of this Philistine city and take down the bodies of Saul and his sons. And they burn them and then take the bones and put them in a grave. Okay, why is this important? Well, the men of Kirath Jerem are the first persons that Saul rallies the people of Israel to defend and help when he first is anointed king over Israel. They are told by the, uh, uh, I want to say the Amalekites, that they're going to have their eyes put out if they in fact surrender. They come against them and Saul gets so angry about it, he gets, he rallies the people of Israel and they all gather together and they go out and they fight the people who are going to destroy the, men, uh, the city of Kirith Jerem and they defeat them all night long, all day long, and destroy this enemy. So the men of Kiriath Jim come all night and they bravely take down their bodies. One that was Saul, Saul first, first Samuel chapter 11. That's the, and, and that was a, was it the a high point. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm, uh, the, the, the Ammonites, is it? Ammonites. Yes, the Ammonites. The Ammonites. But nonetheless, yes. Okay. That is a, boy, that is a, a, a nice circle that comes in it comes right. in a full circle, uh, and that may have been Saul's finest hour. Um, no. Yes, and, and right. actually, yeah. so I, I don't want to. You're going around, so I'll, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Carrie, great having you here. Your summary of uh, of the this this particular lesson and uh, the overall study of Samuel. Any impressions? or applications for the men? Well, the summary of this particular lesson is, again, it's just the idea of, of being being conflicted, like wanting what I want instead of what God wants will always lead me into deep trouble. Okay, And uh, and I think serenity prayer, you know, what can I accept? What do I, what I need to accept, what can I change? And then at the end of the day, I need to have the wisdom to know the difference, which Saul, to me, didn't have. Right. Okay. Right. As far as the overall um, book, um, in relation to Saul, at least, I mean, we we talk. It, it starts out. There's there's no king, right? Right. Right. And they're begging, and they're saying they're demanding a king from God. Right. God says, "I'm a, uh, You don't need a king. I'll be your king. You know. They keep demanding, and he said, "Okay, if you have if you have to have a king, I'll give you a king, but you're not going to like it." Okay, and so they get a king. So they're actually, you know, they're basically treating God like Santa Claus. Give me the, give me what I want. Saul comes in, he does his little back and forth thing, right, with this in, in his care, in his emotional state and his relation to God about when God, it's all great. Hey, I'm a great, I'm a great follower of God as long as God's like blessing me. As soon as stuff starts happening that I don't like, it's like all all of a sudden it's like I completely abandon it. It's, it's that back and right. forth. And so for him, he's still trying to serve himself and not God. Okay. Right. And I think you see just in the overall arch of those things of, of how not only from a personal standpoint but from a corporate standpoint, all the people that you touch, the damage that you can do, especially like in your home with your kids and your wife or what you know, um, and the places that you work, you can do serious damage if you're trying to do it for yourself. 
and not and, and that and not for God, you know, and you're not serving God. And so. that's that's a very good example too, uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Uh, well, it was a, it was a great study, uh, and it was about character, as aptly named character in the Crown. We 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 did, we did some great discussions in it, and I think. In some cases, we felt bad for Samuel. I'm sorry, we felt bad for Saul. Uh, in, in some cases, I think we, we came to the conclusion it's not, it's, it's very difficult to judge the guy. I mean, clearly, he, he really, he, he did the wrong thing pretty much most of his reign, <laughs> but the potential was there. God picked him out. Yeah. The, and we saw exa the example you raised. He there were there were times he rose to the rose to the to the role of being a king. Um, if only he had, you know, pursued that relationship with the Spirit, and little by little, and and there's a, there I think is the is the warning. It's it's so easy to go down that road. Uh, it it and it for Saul it. It, it just begins in little steps, and but by the end he's he's completely undone. There's Saul did not envision it ending this way. I don't think God may have envisioned it ending this way. It did uh, because of the decision Saul made, and uh, and they were bad. They were they were by and large wrong decisions. All right. All right. Professor. I, I gave mine earlier. It's it's okay. just this is it. It is the Bible's King Richard. It's a tragedy. It really mm -hmm. is. You know, it it is an utter tragedy. The man that had it all, that turned his back on God, and at some points even, I mean, he had honorable moments there because in the when he didn't kill the Amalekites like he was supposed mm -hmm. to. What he kept was the sheep and the goats, so he could sacrifice them, which we all thought would be good. <laughs> and right. it, it, it but, all. But there were God's sheep and yeah, goats that, that he didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Read right. the orders. Yeah. 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 Basically, that wasn't basically, and that was Samuel's answer. So, and, yes. and all of that really, in my mind, it, it does. It makes Saul just a very tragic figure. Right. Right. This has been a wonderful study, and if you. If you have any uh, questions or you want to review any, all of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. And if you ever have any questions, make sure that you can post it on our Man-Up Facebook page. Got to go ahead and do our uh, class deacon. Get his summary not only on the lesson but on the study and have him pray us out. Yes, uh an interesting book. You know, again, I, I've said it often that I, you know, never grew up learning this stuff. And, you know, I've read some of this prior, but you get new tapes every time you read something. That's why some people read a book over and over and over and over again. Robert, you know, we know that's you. Yeah, it's different when you're young or the application, young or old. Right, or exactly. You're in a different mind frame, uh, you know, whatever, um, and you get something new. It's a very interesting read. You know, some people, you know, I don't know, don't want to pick up the Bible for whatever reason, but they'll pick up a novel. He said, it's a, this is a tragedy. Man, there's, 
the Urim and the, the Thummim. Man, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Right. They're consulting <laughs> mediums. Right. I mean, they're doing sacrifices and, you know, there's deities and all kinds of other crazy crap going on in their lives and in this time frame of when they lived. And we get introduced to kings and the stupid mistakes that they made, as Steve says. Well, I yeah. just want to throw in real, real quick on that, though. He was the first one. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he had a mentor or anything. So, I mean, not that I'm trying to defend him necessarily, but... Well, he had God. He was anointed by... Okay, but he didn't grow up in the palace. That's what I, You know what I'm saying? Right. So, anyway. And, you know, he made a lot of mistakes being that first one. Right. You know? Um, of course, David being the second one makes his fair share. Absolutely. And we all still do it today. You know, Point well look at all the people throughout Samuel, maybe excluding Samuel, but even Samuel turned a blind eye to what his own sons were doing. Everyone in here screwed up pretty heavily at one point or another, you know. Um, or future to come, David really, well, I mean, even David. David messed up last week. Well, right, I, I was about to take that back, and then he, right. he said, you know, go and, and uh, greet them in my honor, or however he put right. that. Right. So right there, he's already overstepped where God wanted him to go. That's right. And so I think the big takeaway is, is watch what you're doing. Be mindful and prayerful. And even in the times when God doesn't answer you, seek other guys. Before you go out and do something really stupid, you know, we got a group of guys here. You know, uh, Bill encourages if you don't have this group, go out and start your own. Grab that one other guy you connect with in church and say, hey, let's make a guys group. Because we really do need those other fellas in our life to help keep us grounded. Because as we've seen in these lessons, you can pop off really quick and be stupid. You know, David was running off to go kill somebody last week. You know, it was last week, right? <laughs> and, you know, uh, so it, it's just be mindful. Watch your words as well. Yeah, don't shoot the other driver whenever he cuts in. Right, 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 right. The one thing we have in common with these people back then is that we all screw up a whole lot. Right, I think that's my takeaway. And unless, yeah, all right. And the grace of God, we'll end up running ourselves through with our own sword. Right. All right. Kyle, go ahead and pray us out. Father, thank you for this glorious day. Thank you for this country that we live in and the ability that we have in this country to get together as free people, learn your word, study, try to be better people, how to be more like Jesus Christ. As a struggle, we will always endure, but help us to see the way. Thank you for the men that gather here with me each and every week. Help me to continue to learn from them and you to anoint all of us when we gather in this place. Help the people that are listening that they get something from our sometimes craziness but usually very insightful uh, words and thoughts and different mindsets to what we read and what we hear. Bless all of our friends and our family. Help us to be better for each other and better for others. 
in this. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And this is the Man Up uh, Adult Bible Fellowship podcast number 67. We're so glad that you are here. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to join a Bible-based church. Get, indul- uh, get involved in the Sunday School Adult Bible Fellowship. And if there's a men's only group, join that. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through out of this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.